everybody. Welcome back to the Slumber Party Podcast. I am your host, co-host, Amanda Chusen. I'm here with my co-host, Lisa Ramrine. Hi, Lisa. And we are here, special guest appearance by BBS consultant, Bria McCallum. Hello, Bria. Hi, guys. Did I say your last name right? Yeah, you nailed it. Okay, good. I nailed it. It's a spelling that people usually throw off. I think I've spelled it um, incorrectly many times. Um, I've spent I've spelled my own name incorrectly many times. <laughs> I have sent out emails to people being like Amanda, because <laughs> that's who I am. Anyway, we've hired a copywriter. Welcome everyone. That's not what we're here to talk about long today. Well, long story short, um, I. I heard that Bria was camping, and actually, we promised this episode in the fall, winter, when we um, recorded in the winter, when we recorded your last episode, because we discovered that you love camping, and I hate camping. So I would never, I would not do an episode on this um, because I've never camped with small children. Um, but this weekend, you went away with your lovely Isla and you went camping and you shared so many tips on Instagram. And I was like, we have to get this on the podcast because you are not the only person who likes camping with small children. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you. Yeah. The whole thing. Lisa, have you ever camped with your kids? Camped camp? Never. No. Sorry. Sorry. I even said that. Um, My my thing with that is always like, I grew up in a third world country, so I don't camp. (laughs) You've done it. You've done it. It's like, you don't need, that's funny. That is a funny thing because (laughs) I feel like so many people are like, I'd like to like feel more connected to the planet. And you're like, I've been so connected to the planet. I need to disconnect. (laughs) I need some disconnection. (laughs) Well, welcome Bria. And thank you for doing this. Oh, wait. So let's jump in. What, give me an overall like one line review of camping with a child. One line review, if you can. If I could say it in a few words, blissful, hot mess chaos is what I would call it. I like that. I like that. Blissful, hot mess chaos that's pretty good like if you are to have the hot mess chaos it better look good right and it did you're in a beautiful setting yeah i'm i'm thinking out loud but i feel like we need i hope you can go back and save your stories um as highlights for people so they can go back um but your scenery really did look nice on instagram i think that's half the battle right like i think Isla is almost two and she is super rambunctious and she is Mm -hmm. so independent. So I knew that for us, we needed to have some peace on this trip. Like we wanted to have some sort of reprieve because during the day traveling with a toddler or a kid period, it's not typically relaxing. Like you're not going there Mm -hmm. to relax. So Mm -hmm. the scenery is so important. So we were out in the East Kootenays in British Columbia. So super beautiful, lots of lakes, um, lots to do which is I think my first tip is if you're going somewhere, make sure that you're doing some hiking or some, there's like playgrounds or a lake or a beach. Um, Because otherwise playing at the campsite, you can only do so much for so long. And if you're having a trip like we did, that's about a week length, you need to do, or you're also going to probably go crazy a little bit. 
Did you drive there? We did drive. So the drive, it's about four hours. So something they shared, and I did save all of this on my my highlights. So if people want to go back and check it out, it is saved. Um, We planned the drive while Isla was napping. So about an hour, an hour and a half into the drive, it's when we would have her down for a nap. So she did. She went down for a nap. We knew it was going to be shorter. So she typically will take about a two hour nap. And we banged Mm -hmm. on an hour, um, hour 30. Um, There's a lot of twists and turns on this road that we travel. So um, we hit one weird turn and she woke up. But um, it's definitely something that we found really helpful so that we didn't have to throw in a nap when we arrived because we knew that was not going to work. So if you can plan out at least one of your naps in the car on your way there. That's a really good point is on, on a num- like number one to plan your nap on the go, which I think is people ask me about road trips all the time. And that's the number one thing I say. The other thing is to know that the nap will always be short. This took me two children to learn and I'd be so annoyed. I'm like, why do you sleep so well at home? And here we are, we're half an hour in and it is what it is. Like it's just one day and it's not a big deal. And if you are really worried about it, you could leave. If you have an extended car trip, you can leave at night where there's more of a chance uh, to sleep. There's also recommendations as well about, um, especially when you're driving during the day. And if you have a small baby taking breaks every two hours in the car seat um, to get out and play um, and stimulate the baby. Um, I'm not... I'm not clear about nighttime driving because the recommendations often talk about if your baby is sleeping, it's okay to let them sleep, but don't use it for sleep, if that makes sense. I think that's an important differentiator. All the disclaimers you have to say with I know, right? right? (laughs) Especially while driving. Like I I know Isla, the way she sits out the car, I would kind of be car sick if I was looking out the window for that long. So we did take breaks. Um, as soon as she woke up from her nap, we had a break, we stretched, we had lunch. But um, even just in general, we try to not keep her in the car for too long because if, mm-hmm. you know, it's just mm-hmm. uncomfortable and, and she's energetic and, you know, we don't. And I always say like, we can move around and their little bodies are just like strapped <laughs> yes. into that thing and like they can't even pivot or shift their little bums and like just totally, you know. Yeah. And, It's not like they can bring a book or something to entertain themselves either. They're like, hi, I'm back here, generally rear-facing. Do any of your kids get carsick? Luckily, no. I get very carsick. So I am so thankful that she has not gotten that trait um, so far. Thank goodness. When you talked about the turn. I feel good, Amanda. (laughs) what i'm always like i'm always nauseated amanda knows this i'm like always nauseous (laughs) like it's the one time i feel okay (laughs) in the car there you're like the opposite lan my kids have really bad car sickness and i actually was very resistant to give them anything for a very long time but after years of vomiting and cleaning up vomit in the car it's just like they can't even help it both of them are like it and we have a cottage where we're going up to the cottage and it's like "Mm, mm, mm, mm." it's like when you said hit the turn i'm like they puked no that's just my kids um my kids would do it my kids i've shown up to lisa's house she lives about an hour away from me I think the rate is 50%. Either the kids have vomited or not. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, I give Gravol. From now on, I don't need the heads up anymore. It just comes. <laughs> She's always like, they barf, but you know how it is. It's the driving. She's I so know. With everything. Like, we're not bringing anything. <laughs> Even like pre-COVID. But uh, what I would say is if you have a kid over two, like gravel really does the trick and they feel better. They don't like feeling sick in the car. Um, Obviously speak to your doctor if there are any concerns about any medication, but that's, that's what worked for us. Okay. So we get before giving them. Yes. That's a good call. (laughs) I've actually, because I've read places where gravel for some kids can actually make them hyperactive. So it might not be what you want. Um, but if it reduces nausea, it might be okay. Um, Bria, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. So I have my young child. I have like my almost two, two year old and we're at the campsite and we have to put up all this stuff. What do you do? You need to bring so many activities. So this is just overall everything like you are going to be cooking and you're setting up this massive tent and ours is like a legitimate cabin because Mm. you have to camp with space or mama's upset so um, you need to bring a lot of um you know activities we were fortunate where we were there was a lot of like grass and you know um gravel she liked to dig and play in the dirt and um you know we were really comfortable with her kind of running around but definitely bring a lot of supplies like Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shovels, pails, balls, rakes, buckets, all of these things that she can get into or your kid can get into. Okay, good. This is good to know. So activities and because I can just imagine even now with my kids, I'd be like, what do I do? I'm so yeah. bored. <laughs> and I was going to say activities, but like hopefully it's something that they haven't seen in a while, you know, yeah. to keep those things away from them for, for a while before going and then make it exciting. Totally. That is a yeah. good call. Yeah, she that's a really just, good call. I think like, you know, for us, I'm always like, are there bugs? Like, are there, you know, things that will hurt her? But I think part of her exploring and being into camping, because I want her to like it. I don't want her Mm -hmm. to dislike coming is to just kind of let down those barriers and let her explore and obviously Mm -hmm. keep her safe, but not be worried if she gets dirty and, you know, is in water and this and that. So I think just being a little bit more flexible with what she gets into really helped us on this trip. And she ended up loving every second of camping. Um, So it was, it was great. That's so good. I feel like, You know what? I was was talking about this with my girls because they're both in Girl Guides and I was speaking to their leader about when camps would be back on because my foray into camping was with Girl Guides and Girl Guides was like, all right, are you going to camp? Let's camp. So they make you camp in canvas tents without any flooring. Um, Now they put them on... um, Oh my God, what do you call them? Like big skids, like these big wooden skids. Um, And they would have the tent on there and you can put a ground sheet and it's fine. But we're talking about like sleeping on cold ground in like May, June, because we're doing this in the school year where, you know, give or take you're freezing or or sweating. Um, And I remember just being cold and I remember being wet like that's it because then it'd always be like okay girls make sure that your stuff isn't touching the side of the tent because the rain gets in but we're like 
10 years old. Everything's touching the side of the tent. So we'd wake up soaked and we'd wake up. So, so I feel like what you're doing is you're setting up good core memories around camping where my core memories are like, not good. (laughs) Cause I have had good camping experiences since. I never camped as a kid. My husband did. So I've only started with him. Um, And I wanted to actually touch on something that you've just mentioned. It was temperature. And that was something that um, wasn't necessarily something we really took into consideration. But Mm -hmm. overnight, it got down to, you know, four or five degrees. And for a little person, like, that's pretty cold. It would be Mm -hmm. ripping hot in the night. Mm -hmm. So, like, while she's Mm -hmm. going to bed, the tent was probably, like, 24. 24, 25 degrees. Um, wow. You know, we brought fans and, you know, you can buy all these gadgets on Amazon. Um, so we had all of these things going to keep the space, you know, as cool as possible when it was warm, but then overnight it gets cold. So, you know, you do need to think about how can you easily put on, you know, a longer sweater on them, like while mm-hmm. they're sleeping, are they mm-hmm. old enough to have a blanket? Do you have enough blankets? And yes. you know, we really had to be aware of as the hours changed at night, going in and mm-hmm. checking, like, how is her space? Is she warm enough? Does she need another blanket? Um, so that was something that we didn't anticipate, but I think it's something to be really aware of when camping with little kids. It's like, they can't necessarily tell you that they're super hot or super cold, um, especially if they're under two, right? So being aware of that and bringing an abundance of temperature ranging sleep sacks and blankets um, would be helpful. Okay. I have a question about this because someone had asked me about, um, I'm going to post it soon actually, but I do like, I'm doing like a real travel thing this month. Someone had asked me about camping and I did a little bit of research. One of the things that came up was something called like a ground pad or something. Did you use that for Isla? It was something that you could put under their travel crib to make sure that the ground wasn't too cold. I don't know if you have any experience with that. No, her pack. So we brought her pack and play, which has legs. So she wasn't touching mm-hmm. the ground and we used okay. her sheet and, and like our Got tent it. has an insulated base. Um, so it was just more so like in a tent where the fly goes over the tent, it's all air exposed. So mm-hmm. a couple of things that someone could do would maybe be to put a tarp, you know, under okay. their fly over the tent mesh. If it got really cold at night, like that would help. You could also buy like lots of different gadgets on Amazon to pump heat mm-hmm. in as well. So like if in the middle oh. of the night it's pretty cold, um, you can do that. Um, but I would say if there is a product, if your kid is going to be laying like directly on the ground, using something mm-hmm. like that would be really helpful. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. brought like a full mattress for her. Yes. So we, she is a little like princess in the piece. So I would say like our camping style, it's not like backcountry camping. Um, I do not have experience with that. We are more of um, in style campers. In style Glamping. campers. As soon as you Glamping. say we trigger words, mm-hmm. which is Amazon gadgets, I am just like, yes, I will start a new hobby just to get new gadgets. Right. I actually like we're talking about this. I feel like there needs to be a BBS camping trip and then we need to film it and we'll make a million dollars. Because it, it will was- just I think I said this the last each time million. too. Yes. Each million in each, probably. Each. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, you were talking about, okay, so now our stuff is set up, you've made it through one night, but going forward, this is my major worry as a parent that 
like, did I live reject her naps? What did you do? Then my other worry is in the summer, and especially, I actually don't know the geography of where you were. We lived in Edmonton for a while. And in the summer, like the sun didn't go down until like 11 o'clock, which is very confusing. Um, and then like early mornings and, and the light coming in. So, so talk to me about yeah. what you did. Let's dive in. So I'll share first how our first night went. I was very prepared. We did all of the things. She had her full nighttime routine. You know, we kept her up a little bit later um, because the sun was so bright. So to your point, try your best to place the baby's bed in the area that is like less Mm -hmm. direct sunlight. So that's Mm -hmm. what we did. There was Mm -hmm. a side of the tent that had less direct sun that was a lot darker, not Mm -hmm. beaming sun all the time. So we put her there. The first night, did her nighttime routine. We read her some books popped her into her her little pack and play, left the tent, and I almost thought we needed to leave because she was crying nonstop. And she is not she You is, heard it here first. It's not perfect every time, guys. No, even with us. Okay. No. And being so prepared and so we had her sound machine going, her little fan was going on the floor, all of the things. All the gadgets. All the gadgets, all the gadgets for them. The temperature was sponsored by Amazon. (laughs) And it was bad. It was it was like she was just so unsettled because she could hear us. It was bright out. She was like, I want to be playing. I know there's dirt. And she just wouldn't go to sleep. So, you know, we followed, you know, we checked in on her every so often to let her know that we were there. Um, but for her, it was actually making her more agitated for us to go in. Mm -hmm. So we stopped going in. We were able to see over the tent, um, like into the mesh to kind of peek mm-hmm. in and check on her. Um, but eventually she fell asleep. It took her probably about 45 minutes. And that's so unlike her. And mm-hmm. I remember in that moment being like, Greg, pack the truck. We're leaving. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Like, I feel like yeah. the whole campsite is like plugging their ears, hearing this child scream. They so no, they no, did not care at all. They don't care. Nobody cares. Like, well, they don't. So the wine that the they're drinking <laughs> turns it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, if, if you guys have this, sorry to interrupt you, Bria, but that's what I do. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I find, like, other people's, like, kids scream. Like, Amanda asked me the other day if her girls were annoying me. I'm like, no, I don't even recognize other children screaming. It's my own children that only bug me. Like, I don't yeah. get triggered. 100%. Yeah. So, and you're so hyper with Yeah. A vacation, a trip, camping, anything. I think it's such a, like, painful point for parents to think, like, I'm disrupting mm-hmm. all of my neighbors or this. No, no one cares at all. And if it's bothering you, then you yeah. can do some internal work on it so you're okay with it or you can do something <laughs> yeah. about it. But it's not – no one else cares. They don't. Yeah. 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 I – yes. That, that's 100%. And I think I just want to like sit on this point for a second. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. I have a little bit of a cough. Um, it actually is COVID. There. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. It's that's COVID. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say anything because I have current clients and I don't want them to like not utilize me. But it, it when this comes out, my COVID will be gone and I'll shock yeah, everyone. Um, <clears throat> but um, by the way, vaccines work. I feel fine. Thanks. 
just going to put that out there. I'm going to throw it out. I am. I'm Dorinda Mendley in episode two of the ex housewives. Anyway, Brie, you have to watch it. This is such a, yeah, it's so good. Um, anyway, the, the thing that I really want to focus on is that people always say when they travel, like, oh, how do I make sure that they don't protest or what do I do if they do? The thing is you need to expect it. And we have to put ourselves in our child's shoes, which is I'm in a brand new location. Everything is new. It smells weird. You're putting like, I don't like this. And that's totally okay. And especially when you have good sleepers, you probably have great sleepers because you've established a routine. So don't think I can't do this. They're bad travelers. They cry. No, what it means is I'm going to support them. I'm going to let them know they're okay. I'm going to empathize with them. It doesn't mean that we have to change the situation, but it means that I'm going to try again. And the more I try again, the easier it's going to get and the less protest you're going to get. People have always asked us, how do you have such good travelers? And I'm like, oh, I we've never even thought about not traveling. It's a non-negotiable for us. So because it's a non-negotiable, it, it's like, well, I know that they're going to be mad. And I think that there's an energy level. Like if I go in being like, you better not cry. Don't cry. If you cry, <laughs> well, guess what? Your kid's never going to stop crying and it's going to go on. But I feel like I've never, ever thought like, oh, well, if my kids cry, that'll suck but they'll stop and I'm going to love them through it. And I know why they're crying. Don't let one bad experience stop you from doing things. So how did the rest of the vacation? Yes. Yes. It's not like you have to go kitchen, like clean your kitchen, you know, like, Oh, no, they're crying. It's also like in those moments too, I'm like, your life is so good. And you are crying. You're like, you are in, you are outfitted with Amazon's top with gadgets. <laughs> with a prop the most beautiful landscape. It is literally, we have a whole trunk of toys and like you're crying. So I have to think about how I'm supporting you and your friends. Yes. Yes. Um, how did the rest of the sleep go? Did it improve? 100%. So night one, choppy, very bad, but it was mm-hmm. fine. Um, night two, she cried for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then night three and onward, five minutes. And that's it. Um, and she, you know, it was bright and it, it was a little bit different, but she slept mm-hmm. and she slept the full night. Um, what I will say is that around, it was probably like four, four thirty in the morning, pretty much every night because it was so cold, I think. And it was like windy and raining a couple of the nights she woke up. Um, and we, and I get this question a lot from parents, like when they're talking about traveling with, with older kids is what happens if I, I don't have a place for them to sleep and they need to mm-hmm. sleep in my bed. Mm-hmm. And I was always under the mindset of like, she will never sleep in my bed with me. I'm not mm-hmm. starting that. I don't want to start this mm-hmm. precedent that she crawls into bed. Mm-hmm. We did it while we were camping every single mm-hmm. night. She slept <gasps> I'm just kidding. I know every night. Um, she was totally safe. Everything was fine. And that's obviously yeah. top of mind for us is safety first, but mm-hmm. I will never, and I would never want, those are probably the best memories that we had camping was like waking yeah. up with a little head beside us. It was yeah. the sweetest. I would never change yeah. that for the world. I'm so happy that we did it. Um, totally. we came back last night and I was like, I wonder if she's going to wake up and she's going to need to come in with us. She mm-hmm. didn't wake up. 
And so this is and 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 let's say she did. You can survive that too, right? Yeah, you totally. can reestablish you the boundaries when you get home. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's not something that we plan to do. It's not something we thought we would do, but we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I was fully aware of if this caused some disruption when we got home, we would just have to work mm-hmm. through it so that she knew the boundary again, that she sleeps in her yeah. own bed. Um, That's right. But, you know, she she hasn't. Maybe tonight she'll wake up, but so far she hasn't. Um, and I just think for parents, like, because we do get this question a lot is, what, yeah, if, we do. what if this happens? You just mm-hmm. have to get back on track. Like nothing is irreversible. Yeah. If you have, no. even if Isla slept like garbage, those five, six nights we were gone, yeah, she would come back home. We would get back into her routine yeah. and then it would take her a couple of days perhaps, but then she'd be back to normal. Things are not totally. ruined by one weird trip or one bed night stay with your parents. Or, yes. You know, nothing is yes. ruined. Everything is fixable and changeable. Exactly. It's, it's a matter of like whether or not, this is what I say to my parents. I say this too, where it's like, look, if you don't want to do it and you can withstand not great, you don't have to. Like if you have, like we have parents who go in thinking like, well, automatically now that I'm traveling, I have to sleep with my child. My recommendation is bring a pack and play if you want to maintain that. There, I've I've said this on this podcast a million times. I have definitely bed shared with both of my kids. I brought them into my bed when I'm like, whatever. And for us, it was not a big deal flipping it around. Each parent individually has to decide whether or not they want to do a little bit of sleep training again, should they need to. That's always the risk. That's the risk. So if, um, we have some crying averse parents to the extreme. So I sort of say like, look, they'll cry again, but if you don't want to do that, here's what you do. But if you don't care and you're ready to do it, that's, that's going to be a part of it. That's the only, there's no, there's no perfection with children, right? Like we are almost four year old. Like she still sort of hops in and out, you know, Amanda, like we Mm -hmm. love, we love the opportunity to cuddle her but we also love the opportunity to rest on our own terms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but because her boundaries are so established and her room is her room and she knows that and, and how mm-hmm. that works, um, it really isn't like when we can reason with her, we can tell her like tonight, you know, or tonight or tomorrow is the night that you sleep in your room and, you know, it's whatever the <laughs> circumstances are, why you come into our room, then that's fine. Um, and it works. Like, and I, it really, like she's, I'm not going to say 50% in our bed, but I would say like a healthy, like 30% of the time she's with us. My kids are just would never sleep. It's not even like I'm against that option. They would come in and be like, hey, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Like, What's going on? Yeah, I definitely have kids like that too. Hi. Know? How's Somewhere it going? And I'm so like, different. no. <laughs> if you're here, it's you're being quiet and silent. Yeah. Okay. We have less than four minutes left, Bria. What are your like absolute musts in in if we haven't discussed them already? Something that you haven't had a chance to talk about or have we talked about it? I think so two things that I found to be so important. Number one, silly as it sounds, nutrition is really helpful. So mm-hmm. as easy and fun as it may seem to like give your kid a lot of treats and candy and cookies when they're camping or on vacation, I notice a big difference with Isla's sleep if she has too much sugar. So we really tried to like reel it back in and keep it as fun, but spread out as possible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, 
s'mores that's always fun don't go overboard but i found if we could keep her nutrition you know very balanced it was helpful for her sleep um the other thing was to unwind so a full day not napping typically as much as she's usually used to napping um more toys more like environmental mm-hmm. stimulus and also like a lot of other kids that she hasn't necessarily seen yeah due to um we really had to unwind at night so we would take mm-hmm. really long like wagon rides around where we were um and that was really helpful she would lay down in her wagon and it just kind of helped her like decompress. so i would say yeah. number one tip would be like the temperature thing like get a pulse on what your temperature is going down to at night. Number two, number three is just having periods of time where you can kind of decompress and and reduce the stimulus for your kiddo. I love that. I feel like I could camp with my kids. Yeah. I think like going into it with, I mean, it's, it was the first time that we truly camped with Isla, period. Um, you know, it was the first time that we've done that. And I was really unsure as to how it was going to go. So I think going mm-hmm. in with just like hopeful expectations that it was going to be fun and enjoyable and that if there was a hiccup, we would just work through it. Like trying to tell myself not to stress out um, yeah. was really helpful as well. I love that. I feel prepared. I feel like I'm going to take my kids camping now that they are eight and six. For not even camping. I feel like these are awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it is just about the conscious planning and Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, treat your kid like they're a little tiny undeviloped adult. Like, they're going to have a baby at first, as we all do. Like, anywhere you go, totally. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that nutrition tip too, because I think that's just helpful all around. Um, all around. My kids are always like, so-and-so has um, like this before bed. I'm like, go live there then. No, I don't say that. Um, Like every family is different. (laughs) No, I don't say that to them at all. I think it sometimes, but um, no, I'm like, no, like every family is different, but there's a reason why we don't. And I was like, you'll have bad sleep. I feel like my kids are also getting to the age where, like, we're sick of you talking about sleep to us. I'm like, what? It's going to be your whole life. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much, Bria. If you want to find Bria, she's at B-B-S-B-R-I-A on Instagram. And you should search her highlights for a more in-depth camping uh, experience. Bria also does Q and A's, um, every other, what's your day, Bria? Mondays. Monday. Yeah. Every other Monday. Um, and that is an opportunity where we answer all of your baby sleep questions. We answer quite a few and people really like this feature. Um, someone actually messaged me to be like, do you just like, what do you guys do for quick questions? And like, we got you come to our Instagram. So find the whole team, follow us on Instagram at baby's best sleep. Um, and hopefully you're listening to this in the relative summer. I want to let you know that the, um, certification course is opening up again, September 19th. And we have early bird pricing until August 19th. You can head over to babiesbestsleep.com if you are interested in becoming a sleep consultant in your little neck of the woods and we can help you do that anything else i'm missing no i don't well, think lisa's, so. lisa's not well right now coughing i know maybe lisa here. has covid maybe let's let your cats out of the bag no secrets i know i'm really bad at not sharing my whole life on instagram but i know that like if i've ever mentioned that i'm sick in the past my clients are like it's okay and then they're like like they don't 
say anything. And then I'm like, well, you're still paying me money. And I'm not like, I'm just laying here. It's not a big deal. Um, but I'll tell people <laughs> yeah, next can week. You, can please people text her so Amanda stops texting me. Yeah, I know. I have a lot to say. I thought I was superhuman. I'm not. Anyway, thank you so much, Bria. Thank you so much, Lisa. And as always, sleep well, everyone. Bye.